celebrating female role models across our community. Live from Geelong Grammar School in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on GGS Live. Welcome everyone. Live from Geelong Grammar School in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on GGS Live. My name's Chloe Fitzgerald and my co-hosts today are Chloe again, Liv and Ollie. Our special guest today is Miss Frasca, Assistant Head of House, Rower, National Rower, sorry, National Rower Champion and th- two-time, is it? Two-time champion of the Olympics. And um, hi, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so we've got a couple questions for you today. Um, one of my first questions is rowing. Where did it start? Like, how does the, how'd you get into this rowing career? Right. Well, I actually didn't take the normal pathway. I didn't row at school. I was a country kid. Um, and like lots of other country kids, we get shifted off to the city to follow on with education. And there I was living with a girl that rowed and she said, you should try it. And I was sick of netball and basketball. I'd had enough and went down to the local river uh, down at Hawthorne and it just took off from there. So it's a slightly different avenue. Um, With especially rowing, how it's stereotyped as a more masculine type of sport and because a lot of the coxes are usually girls – was it weird to think that you could pursue a career in such a masculine sport? It's funny. I never thought of it as a masculine sport. We certainly loved the idea of being um, fit and strong and it promotes that very much so. Um, and as far as the coxing goes, I think it's fabulous to see that we've now got at the top level, the Olympic level, we've got a boy coxing the girls' crew and a girl coxing the boys' crew. There's no sort of rhyme or reason to it. It's just whoever's the strongest and the best for the position. Ollie? Um, Did you have any inspirations growing up or while you were doing rowing? Look, to be honest, I watched the Olympics on TV and thought, my goodness, how boring. (laughs) Really? So I guess it it took off as a passion purely because it was outdoors, it was different, um, and you do. You visit, like, the best places in the world, so – that sort of inspires you to keep going. It's outdoors. Well, it's gorgeous. Just to follow on to that question, it's quite a social sport, I would think. And uh, I know, well, now you're a coach at GGS and you're the first coach. Mm-hmm. And, well, do you, in, I, do you encourage rowing as a really social sport for everyone to talk and, like, do you encourage that for people to, like, to be very communicated? Absolutely. I think, um, and I know some people in here have been involved and um, will be involved, and in many ways, you know, this is a full boarding school. We have our little families as a house, but I think rowing creates another aspect of another sort of family within the boarding environment. It's where we spend a lot of time together and have all the same goals. Um, on that, what like brings you to like coaching kids now? Like why, why do you like to coach like crews and things now? Um, I guess it's the same reason I took rowing up myself. I, when I was at school, you did work experience yeah. and I did two jobs that I thought oh my goodness if I sit in the same office all day every day too much so I ended up choosing education early and I think the fact that you can do a sport it's almost the, to me it's the icing on the cake it's, it's the yeah. best part of the job. Did you have any dream jobs while you were younger or anything you'd want to do while you were younger? Dream jobs? Yes. Yeah look as I said I think education was one that i 
picked out early. Um, you know, I did the usual dream jobs of working <laughs> in a supermarket. And <laughs> supermarket? I've never heard that. I've heard that's Ash- a new one. No, no, that's what I was doing at the time. I was say, astronaut, lawyer. Uh, no. For you, it's supermarket. Yeah, no, <laughs> dream no, 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 big, no. dream big. <laughs> uh, no, probably nothing else. I sort of hadn't planned career-wise in mm. a huge amount. Just, just go with the fault. Yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? Yep. Um, go with what you enjoy. With rowing especially, because now I know at least both men and women compete in it and both are quite equal with that. Mm. But internally, say at the Olympics or Commonwealth Games, among probably the Australia team or any team really internally, is there any judgment or comments just about women who compete in the same sport as males? Look, rowing's a little bit unique in that it doesn't have an elite aspect to it. So it's not like, you know, for instance, your AFLW where you've had traditionally the boys in the spotlight. It's always been quite fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the college system also encourages that where they have equal payments and um, scholarships for both sexes. So it's sort of never really felt that way. It was a lot of encouragement from both sides supporting each other. Yeah. So never really felt a bias. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Mm. Well, I've got a question. Did you ever see people or hear people think that it was weird that you were a female Olympic rower? Did anyone think, well, how did you get there? Like what? (laughs) I don't know. I guess your friends know the amount of work that's gone into doing that. And it did take quite a number of years to before I even got selected onto a team so yeah I, I mean maybe people from a distance do I don't know <laughs> um you said about you like you getting selected onto a team what was like the pathway for you so obviously you started when you were in it was uni yeah yeah, yeah. so like it, it runs through the like every state has their own sports institute and um it's still the same now. You pretty much have to prove that you can move a small boat before you can move anything yeah. larger. So you would um, go down, do your singles racing, then you get into the pairs and then the fours and then the eights and yeah. they would race up from that way. And each each time it was different priority boats. So yeah. they would decide which boats are going to have the best chance at medals at the Olympics and then they would target those boats. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Were there any times where you thought your hard work wouldn't come through or you think it wasn't worth it to go through all the challenges? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think any person that puts themselves up for a challenge doesn't have moments where they question what they're doing. Um, There were certainly moments even when selection had been decided and things had to be sort of cars were thrown up in the air and things had to be um, re-chosen. So it it always had its challenges and a way with – the team for a long time so we end up doing sort of three months overseas together you do get those bouts of homesickness and yeah um yeah certainly <laughs> um ro- rolling up to the starting line do you especially building on that while you're sitting there with your crew about to start a race what goes through your mind and especially if that fear arises and that adrenaline what do you usually tell yourself or like as a crew remind each other <laughs> Not much to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit weird, but we you rehearse it so much, you practice it so much that by the time you get to the start line, all you're doing is just executing what you've practiced over and over and over. And it the nerves don't even come. It's yeah, like you might take a big no breath nerves. and just kind of go, right, we're here, we're finally here, but it it literally just rolls out in the way you've done it over and over and over. Oh wow. Mm. You pray you don't catch a crab. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, education. You went into education now. You're an assistant head of house. You're, you were a two-time Olympic champion. and Not quite, not quite. Not quite. World champion, Olympics. champion, Olympian, Olympian, <laughs> Olympian. and you went into education. Like, was that your dream from the beginning, or like, uh, as I said earlier, I, th- I think you don't really make huge plans, and I'm sure it's like many people going through Year Twelve; they have no idea what they want to do. <laughs> um, I did choose education, but w- the rowing came later. So, as much as I was enrolled in education and doing it. it the, the rowing side came later, so they lucky they got to marry up together. For those who might not know, with our recent senior school musical, um, you were a really big part, especially in the costume department, helping us with costumes and customising them. Do you ever look on it like how you have so many different hobbies, yet they are all very different on each scale? Does that ever, like... Oh, you should see my house. There's a room with all the ergos and the gym equipment. There's another room with all the sewing equipment. (laughs) um, Look, let's just say I embraced the free time of COVID. So (laughs) YouTube taught me a lot in that time and hence you got costumes. (laughs) (laughs) They were incredible, I must say, though. Um, For all the viewers who don't know what the, well, musical, senior school musical was, it was Anastasia, an amazing play. As we all know, the costumes, well, not if you guys want to check out what the costumes look like or like stuff about Anastasia, uh, there's the GGS portal. You can go check it out on there. But as we know, we saw all the costumes. We saw everything. That free time that you had, why did you pick up like costumes and stuff? Like you could be doing anything else and you're like, oh, costumes. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> no, um, I'm sure you know Miss Krieger. Yes. Yeah. No, she, 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 <laughs> she knew that I was a bit of a sewer. So she came and said, oh, what do you think? She couldn't get matching dresses. So <laughs> hence the matching dresses. Um, building on that a little bit, head of house assistant, two-time world champion, also the coach of the first girls rowing. How did you have time for this extra bit of sewing? Because I know we were there many late nights trying on costumes, let alone making adjustments to them. How did you find time to do that? Lucky we're in the off season. (laughs) No, there's there's certainly free time when rowing isn't going, so filled it up. Yeah. (laughs) Would you ever go back to professional rowing? Oh, I wish I could. Yeah, it was it was such a good time, but um, the body does <laughs> not always say that those things should happen. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, when you were like younger, when you were like around, I think we've already touched on this, but is there like one specific role model that you like had, like someone that you always looked up to that you like used when you were older? Probably not a huge amount. I did, um, I did find one teacher that was quite he was quirky and inspiring <laughs> but he had been he taught my parents in prep yeah. at a very small regional school like very small mm. um, and he was sort of known in that regional part of Victoria for just being someone that was just getting and do stuff um, yeah. he would help the farmers on the holidays and then he sort of popped up in another completely different town as our year 12 supervisor and he would, but he was someone that was like 65 and would ride his bike hundred K's a day. So you know, just don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you are just tuning in now, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on GGS Live, live from Geelong Grammar School, Melbourne, Australia. My name is Chloe Fitzgerald and my co-host today are Chloe Talbot, Liv, sorry, Liv Mann and Ollie. And obviously our special guest today is Miss Raska. 
um, with what you were just building on before, how um, growing up there was some role models in your life. If you were a role model to, I'm sure you are actually, to a lot of young women out there and especially the young women who are striving to pursue a career as an athlete or just go to the Olympics ones, what advice would you give to them now? It's really a follow your heart. I think it doesn't matter if it's the Olympics or any other career path. It's, you know, if you enjoy it, go for it. And I, I always get a bit nervous when people are choosing their subjects and they're going, oh, I, I think I need to do this for a good score and this for a good score, but I do enjoy this. And you're like, just go with the ones you really love. So of with, course you're going to do well there. Um, with that, if you could speak to your younger self and tell her a piece of advice or something about now, what would you tell her? <laughs> Pull your finger out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she, uh, yeah, it would have been very interesting. Yeah, we. Uh, it was. A, I mean, it's a country town. You the, you don't get exposed to as many opportunities that you do in the city. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful that my parents did provide that opportunity. But um, yeah, you you do need to keep your eyes wide open <laughs> if you're not getting exposed to it. You said that your parents like helped with that opportunity. What did they think about you becoming an Olympic rower? What was their opinion? To be honest, there was a number of times when they said, do you really have to? Can you quit now? <laughs> so they weren't, they wow. weren't massively into sport um, and they really weren't sure about it. They thought there was a lot of time wasting. So <laughs> um, but I, once I was able to come home and say, gee, I've made an Olympic squad, they're like, oh, Right. Okay. We're off to we're off to the Olympics. <laughs> what was one of your biggest challenges along the journey of doing everything in life right now? Um, it's funny. There's little things that you have to hurdle across along the way, but I don't think I could say I've had a big challenge. I don't know that. And you never want to dwell on negatives or. And I know, you, you know, some people say I learned from this particular aspect, but... Just don't want to look back on them? Yeah, I don't... I, yeah. <laughs> don't reflect too hard, I suppose. <laughs> Focus on that. Um, just going yeah. back to what your parents thought about becoming like a professional athlete, you're a mother yourself. What would you feel about like your ch- children growing up to become athletes? Would you put that as a recommendation for them or just see where they go? To be honest, I think there's more avenues even within, you know, I quit a decade ago, I suppose. <laughs> we don't count that. Yeah. We, we don't count that. But even, even since then, the opportunities have opened up even more. So yeah. I think it's definitely something they could explore. Um, I think just as long as everyone knows when their time to walk away is right, that yeah. they do that. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what, quali- uh, what qualities or traits helped you to get where you are today, would you say? Oh, that's like a job interview question. That's a <laughs> <laughs> qualities or traits. Um, I think I am quite a relaxed person. And so every time we had, um, you know, competition or, um, you know, times that were quite tense, I didn't get caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I always found that building my own background support was really important. So as long as I knew I had, um, you know, everything sorted in my own life, I could go out and comfortably perform. Were you very athletic when, would... when you were younger? 
Yes and no. I played a lot of netball and that was probably f- six, seven days a week. Um, oh. But that, that was what was available at the time. And so yeah. when I went to Melbourne, I was still sort of doing that and basketball and then rowing obviously provided something very different. Yeah. Um, this is more a question for our audience, yeah. especially those from our inner communities. But um, on the off season, I know the rowers still do a lot of training. Are we going to be excited for this season coming up? Should we expect a title coming out? I hope so. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No, yeah, that's right. No, I think it's um, we've got a very athletic bunch. So, you know, traditionally people go, oh, the rowers have got to be big, but not this group. They're not going to be massive, but they are certainly very, very athletic and very driven. So it's very exciting. Good minds. That's so good. Mm. Um, well, what are you doing right now? So we know you're a teacher. So what head of uh, what house are you working in right now? And how is that? Like, are you will are you trying? Uh, well, are you going to try and build on that, become a head of house, or try and focus on something different? Are you find where you are like we always say one step at a time so yeah no garnet is great so um enjoying that space at the moment and and yeah we'll just see where it goes oh yeah for all the people who don't know what's going uh what garnet is it's one of the senior school houses that miss rasca works and yeah one of the senior girls yeah describe how the impact of ggs has helped you kind of push well Everyone, your family, your friends have helped you kind of push your way into working and aspiring to bigger things. That's a good question. We came from Melbourne prior to moving here. And I guess my focus on most days was getting up, knocking out 60Ks on the park before rolling into work and doing a little more training after work. And this, um, when you come to Geelong Grammar, it's it's all encompassing. So it, it changes the structure of your day, it changes the structure of your life. And it does sort of rearrange some priorities, but it's also a lot of fun along the way. So, yeah. Um, just building on that, with athletes, especially because with rowing, how it's how you move independently in the boat, but also with your crew. Did you have a significant coach that was with you the whole time or did you keep? You'd have a state-based coach. Yeah. And um, that's a friendship that, you know, will stay on for many, many, many years. And um, I guess there was others along the way that I still keep in contact with. And then, but most of the time, once you were selected into a crew, you had to move into state. So you'd have three months in another state with that coach and then three months overseas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of shifting around. Well, we're nearly finishing up, but there is one thing that a lot of people have been asking because they know we're interviewing you and they're like, oh, we need to ask her this question. And Chloe? Um, Yeah, as Chloe said, there's a lot of people wondering, what is your best 2K <laughs> on the earth. They're all wondering. <laughs> a 636. A 636. Hear yeah. that, everyone? Get ready. I might make the boys first aid, so, you know. Uh, well, to everyone listening out that is a rower, 636 is the time that you got to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Frasca, for coming here and, well, talking about your experiences as an Olympic rower and as well as a teacher and, well, parent. (laughs) Um, Live from Geelong Grammar School, Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening in to Be Like Her live on GGS Live. My name is Chloe Fitzgerald and my co-hosts are Chloe, Liv and Ollie. Thank you. Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Geelong Grammar School in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on GGS Live.